The information and opinions expressed on this program are intended to address specific questions asked, situations described in the program or on the website, and topics of expressed interest. The information and or opinions are not designed to constitute advice, mental health diagnosis, and or specific life situations. You should not act or rely upon any information contained in these broadcasts or on the website without seeking the advice of a licensed mental health professional who has conducted a formal assessment or evaluation on you and has the requisite information needed to provide a more well-informed opinion. This includes but is not limited to licensed clinical social workers, licensed marriage and family therapists, licensed professional counselors, licensed mental health counselors, doctors of psychology, and psychiatrists. If you have any questions about the information or opinions expressed on the website or during this broadcast, please contact your licensed mental health professional. Welcome to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. The Wellness Enclave will explore emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health, how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The goal is to help you become a healthier and happier you through motivation, education, and innovation. And now, The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wellness Enclave, where emotional health and wellness is our top priority. Today, our topic is infertility. We will be speaking about infertility with a return calling guest, Ms. Stephanie Hughes, who is a licensed marriage family therapist. We will be right back after this break. Get popped, the 
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Wellness Enclave, where today we will be talking about infertility with a return call-in guest, Miss Stephanie Hughes. How are you this morning, Miss Hughes? I'm doing fine. How are you, Dr. Sewell? I am doing well. Thank you for joining us uh, again. I, I very much appreciate it. You're so knowledgeable. I'd love to have you on the show, so I really appreciate well, that. Thank you. It's my honor and pleasure. Okay. Um, so, as always, I like to put things in, in context. So, how are we defining infertility? Um, we're defining infertility very simply as the inability to be able to reproduce. Okay. Um, and so, we know infertility is, of course, a medical term. Uh, but it affects you in a mental way. But it's the inability to be able to reproduce. And it can it can be in a man or a woman. Sometimes there's a misconception that infertility is only on the young lady. Co- correct. <laughs> that is, that's very correct. Um, and, and again, as Ms. Hughes stated, we know that it is a medical issue, but we want it to address the uh, emotional health side and Mm -hmm. and the reason and the reason for that is because when I was doing private practice I had um, quite a few women who uh, came to me because they had an inability to conceive it didn't matter what couple some couple were some couples were same gender some were not the same gender it but it's always I can see where it's always very trying and it's trying for both uh, parties are very stressful for both parties do you have any statistics do you have any statistics on infertility? Yeah, I have some basic um, some basic statistics uh, from also working in private practice. Ten percent of the U.S. population suffers with uh, some form of infertility, and one out of ten couples in the U.S. suffers with some type of infertility. And uh, just like I was saying earlier in the definition, I thought. I think it's important that we also point out that four out of 10 males um, are the challenge in an infertile couple, four out of 10, four out of 10 couples. It's so usually the male. Let me ask you this. How, and, and, and I know, again, you know, I'll throw questions out there when you, <laughs> when you, when you say things. So how do you find that it's a difference between the way the male handles the situation when, when, when it's determined that he's the one that's infertile as opposed mm-hmm. to the female? Yes. Um, I find that males are much, much, much more reluctant mm-hmm. to uh, to be able to process and discuss the challenge. It's even hard to get the male to, uh, to the proper medical professional sometimes to get testing just to decipher if, in fact, the challenge lies with him. Um, males are not apt to uh, talk about uh, infertility because it directly pertains to their genitalia, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, that's just not usually uh, a discussion that people want to have. It requires you to be very, very vulnerable, and um, and to be quite honest, just in general, again, uh, infertility from a societal perspective and the stigma attached to it is that you have failed in some way. And um, so men and women, it becomes a very shameful experience um, for them to go through. 
Right. In 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 your in your practice or in your experience in your professional experience, how uh, important is having couples to to children? Just overall, we know it varies from couple to couple, but in your experience, how important is that? Um. I can barely hear you. I, I heard the first part, but I didn't hear the last. So in your experience, how how important is having children in most couples? Oh. Uh, in my experience in working with couples, I think that kind of varies. Uh, I will say that the majority, I would say about 80% of the couples that I see that have a challenge with infertility uh, it is very, very important. And they, the couple or the woman or the man, become fixated on reproduction. And so it causes a great deal of stress, sometimes a great deal of discord, um, and, and just continued challenges within the coupleship. What? There are some couples that make their peace with uh, not being able to produce children and, and choose other options such as adoption mm-hmm. um, or fostering or, um, or simply just mentoring other children and, you know, having a productive life. What type of, of stress or, or what do you see happening emotionally, whether they're going through the pro- when they're trying to have children and they're unable to? And this could be and this is basically prior to going mm-hmm. to the doctor prior to seeking medical assistance. What type of stress do you see such as do you see depression or do you see uh, stress being being um, manifested in anger? What type of things have you mm-hmm. seen? Uh, I'm going to take all of the above for 200 feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything. I see depression. I see anxiety. I see anger. I see resentment. Um, I see disappointment, frustration. And um, I think, in my opinion, it's, again, attached to just the societal norm. The societal norm is that you get married and you have 2.5 kids with a dog and a white picket fence. Correct. And when that particular fantasy does not come true for a couple sometimes, it causes a grave deal of frustration and, and disappointment. Uh, disappointment to not meet the norm, the standard. How do you, how do you, how is that resentment? Because that's very important what, what you stated. And in couples, a lot of times resentment is not verbalized. A lot of times you don't even know that you're resentful of something. Mm-hmm. So in those right. situations, how do you see that resentment being manifested? How does I it come it out? I see it in two ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the first way is, uh, of course, resentment for one partner. Uh, mm-hmm. feeling you know after they've identified that there's a challenge in either partner mm-hmm. so there's resentment that that person uh, and a, and sometimes an assumption a lot of pressure that that person didn't do what they need to do to take care of themselves physically and so now they're having challenges or they waited uh, later in life and so now it's a challenge so I see it that way mm-hmm. and then I also see it with couples who uh, marry, but someone was in a previous relationship and maybe they had children mm. from the previous relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now they're in a relationship with this present partner and they're having challenges with becoming pregnant. And so there's resentment for the partner that already has children. How, let me ask you this, how... If you if you guys are having problems having conceiving, if you're having problems conceiving, 
let's say mm-hmm. after six months to a year. Um, mm-hmm. And when you read the information, you know it varies in terms of, it's depending on what's going on with you in terms of when you need to, other variables in terms of when they suggest you seek medical advice. However, you're having problems and then one, and, and then you have a partner who said, you say, hey, you know, maybe we need to go to the doctor because mm-hmm. we're, for whatever reason, we're, we're not able to conceive. And, mm-hmm. and that partner is reluctant. It doesn't matter whether it's the male or the female, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but they're reluctant to go to the doctor. How do you continue to support that person, but try to coax them into going to the doctor or see the import? Because you really can't tell a grown person what to do. You can't make them do anything. Exactly. Exactly. Um, When I'm counseling people who are in that situation, the first question that I ask, uh, point blank and simple, is, okay, so we've identified that one of you is reluctant to going to seek medical treatment. Mm -hmm. Why might that be? Are you fearful of what the results may entail? Or do you really not want to have children? Mm. And so we have to deal with what their truth really is. Right. And I have found for some people that is their truth. Their reluctancy is wrapped up in they really are not on board with Mm. pursuing having children. Okay. And therein lies, you know, another challenge because, of course, we need to be on the same page as a couple. Right. When we want to have children. Um, And so we have to kind of go back and review what are the goals in this relationship? What things were we aspiring to do? um, And are we on the same page in, in doing that? Right, right. And and also that's something that you probably need to discuss prior to um, marrying or prior to, to being in a serious relationship with someone. That's probably one of those topics that needs to be discussed. Would I yeah, be correct I in that? I found, though, that some people, you know, marry under one pretense, and for whatever reason, things may shift. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, um, miscarriage comes into play, and if they've experienced miscarriage, it kind of changes their mind, and they don't want to continue to, mm-hmm. you know, go that journey because it's very painful and hurtful. Any kind of loss is painful and hurtful. Right. And um, for some people, again, it's just they sh- their their mindset shifts, their goals shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, and, and that's fair because sometimes you see you see your relatives with children and you see the kids running all over the place and you see that your free mm-hmm. some of your <laughs> some of your personal freedom is gonna be <laughs> taken away for for at least eighteen years and you're like mm. exactly. So yeah, exactly. yeah, I can see how some of those things shift. So we're we're talking to Miss Stephanie Hughes about infertility. Um, when we come back, what I want to talk about is after a person seeks medical advice or a couple seeks medical advice and they decide that, okay, we want to move forward with trying to have children, but they're going through certain treatments. And what I want to talk about is how you support one another when you're going through those things and also what type of stressors does that bring about uh-huh. as well. So everyone, you're listening to Miss Stephanie Hughes on the Wellness Enclave talk about infertility, and we'll be right back after this break. Tomorrow is judgment day. Say, mommy. 
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell and our very special calling guest, Ms. Stephanie Hughes. We are talking about infertility today. And in case you join the conversation a little bit late, Ms. Hughes, can you tell us once again how we're defining infertility? We are defining infertility as the inability to reproduce or procreate. And this can affect either the male or the female in the coupleship. Yes, ma'am. So I'm again, I, let me reiterate for like the third time that I'm glad you brought up uh, about the male and it's not to pick on them. But as you stated, a lot of times people look to the women automatically and they feel like mm-hmm. there's something going on there. So I think that's very important. So we were talking about. Uh, just when individuals are having difficulty conceiving, but this this was prior to them seeking medical advice. So now I want to talk a little bit about once they receive, uh, once they um, go get medical advice or they go get evaluated or assessed or whatever the situation is, and they determine what the issue is, and the doctor provides them various alternatives, um, medical alternatives. And again, neither one of us are medical, so we're not going to get too much into that. But one of the examples that I will give is IVF. And I know that can cause a lot of stress. So we talked Uh about some of the stress that occurs prior to going to seek medical advice. What are some of those stressors that can occur when you're actually going through these various treatments or Uh certain treatments to try to conceive? The, the top stressor that I have seen when I worked with couples who 
have uh, decided on IVF is financial uh, because it's extremely expen uh, expensive. And so even couples who have saved uh, money or, you know, have the means mm -hmm. to uh, be able to go through this particular procedure, um, every time you uh, go through it, it's more money. And so sometimes I've seen couples where one person is saying, you know, let's keep trying. And the other person is saying, financially, we really don't need to keep doing this. We don't need to exhaust our financial resources in this way. Um, and so that kind of becomes uh, an, a conflict within the coupleship. Uh, some of the other stresses that I see are just, again, the disappointment of IVF. Uh, being used, but still not being able to produce a child. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there being just further complications. And then the other stressor is uh, sometimes IVF takes, but we know, uh, again, not that we're medical professionals, but we do know mm -hmm. that one of the uh, side effects from IVF can be multiple pregnancy, yes. multiple. And so sometimes uh, IVF takes and you get way more than <laughs> right uh, and so then that becomes a different kind of stressor um, with how we manage that um, and then uh, I just know from personal experience um, I have some relatives now they did not experience IVF but they were pregnant with multiple mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. during the course of the pregnancy they had to make a very very hard decision because one child was not developing properly. Uh, yes. um, and so that in itself becomes another stressor. How do you choose mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what to do in a, in a situation like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and some of I, and one of the things I've seen as well is like certain procedures um, that individuals, generally women in this what the example I'm thinking about, that women right. may have to go through, and if it doesn't take one, the first time or the second time, it's like they're putting their body through a lot of stress, and it becomes very difficult on several ends. I've seen it become difficult as what you mentioned earlier, a grieving process, like if someone has had a miscarriage and is, is mm -hmm. you know, and even if it's not a miscarriage, it's more of it didn't take, and it goes into what's wrong with me or just grieving because I, they feel mm -hmm. a void. They just feel a void. Um, and, and then what I see, too, is the physical piece of this is very draining for them, not just mentally, but physically sometimes getting those shots and those types of things like that. So I've seen that happen as well. And, and so my question to you is, how do you continue to support the person who is receiving the treatments and how do you continue to to support the person who isn't? receiving the treatments and the reason I'm bringing the person in that isn't receiving them because a lot of times they don't know what to do they see mm -hmm. that this that they see that their partner is stressed out they mm -hmm. see that something is going on but they haven't in a bit they just don't know what to do and they get frustrated mm -hmm. and it just turns into a big mess it just turns into a yeah. lot of stress um when I have couples who are going through any type of infertility treatment I encourage them to uh as much as they possibly can to go to appointments together um, and and to not make statements like, you know, your doctor's appointment, but make statements of, to say, 
our doctor's appointment or our procedure, um, just to make it all inclusive. Okay. I also encourage them to uh, whatever their faith-driven piece is. You know, um, I'm not speaking from a religious uh, mm-hmm. stance, but I'm speaking mm-hmm. more from a spirituality stance. Mm-hmm. Whatever they, uh, the couple choose to be grounded in, I encourage them to to really draw from their spiritual self um, and to try, try, try not to uh, be overstressed because one of the biggest challenges or the reasons for infertility is stress. Stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's stress. And so uh, when you are all uptight and all wound up with anxiety, uh, you can uh, further delay your process. So I encourage them to stand with each other to use statements that are inclusive, mm-hmm. we, our, instead of I and mine. Right. And right. Uh, I encourage them to, again, draw from their spiritual perspective um, and just to stay focused on what it is that they're they're trying to accomplish. Okay. And that, that, that really... Sounds good, I, and it sounds easy, but sometimes I know it's harder to do because when yeah, we get into our own, difficult. when we get into our own heads, it's like this person doesn't understand, you know, and we just exactly it becomes very exactly. difficult. And that that is the value of very open and honest communication. And going back to something I said earlier, the willingness to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, infertility is not for the faint at heart. Um, my husband and I have our own personal story mm-hmm. um, with infertility. Okay. And yes, it was very, very, very difficult. But I believe and I know that uh, what helped us to get through it is um, we had to be uh, stay, remain connected to each other okay. and not uh, get in a war against each other. And uh, we had, for our story, we had to get to a place of acceptance that it just, wasn't going to happen for us in that way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um so you know we went on with our lives but the way that we got through the hard pieces um were to be inclusive and not to single each other out and say it's on you it's your fault or you need to do this or you need to do that we remained with statements of this is our challenge and we're going to get through it one way or the other and we're going to be okay mm-hmm. one way or the other so and, and i appreciate you sharing that because you didn't you didn't have to share that so i do appreciate you sharing that very much um my final question to you is is this i have a lot of questions but my final to you is if it is determined and you kind of touched on this a little bit if it's determined that the couple is unable to uh, conceive They've been through whatever amount of treatments they decided to go through, and they're saying, you know what, we are not going to conceive. And you kind of talked about, you just talked about how you were able, you and your uh, significant other were able to move mm-hmm. forward. My question to you is, are there other options? Like, for what, what can you do? What do you think a person can do? What are your suggestions for them to fulfill that void that, that they may have? So um, here's one thing. When, whenever I get a couple who is experiencing a challenge with infertility, and once we get on the same page for, you know, do we really want to have children? Are we vested in this? Then um, I encourage them to decide what treatment they want to start with. 
but I also encourage them to go ahead and talk about a plan B, C, mm-hmm. and D okay. um, up front so that you kind of have that already in your mindset mm-hmm. and you're already kind of embracing some level of acceptance that, yes, the first thing may not work out. And so, of course, we know that some of the other options include adoption, uh, foster parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people choose to uh, just engulf themselves in opportunities that uh, allow them to nurture other children, Mm -hmm. like mentoring programs or even changing their profession to work specifically with children. Um, So there are many ways to to do it. Um, my husband and I always say that we have over a hundred children um, because we became very engulfed in uh, different different ways to, mm-hmm. to nurture children. My husband's a teacher. Uh, earlier in my career, I specifically worked with children. Okay. Uh, we, uh, for our spiritual perspective, uh, we do go to church, and so we are heavily involved in youth ministries and um, have gained just a lot of children, children that seem to be drawn to us, and um, we were able to pour into them because our focus was not on our own children. So we had room and space okay. uh, in order to do that. Right, and um, you had that energy. fostering and mm-hmm. uh, adoption are great ways for you to... Uh, to be able to pour into a child and, mm-hmm. and still be able to feel the void that you might feel with wanting to nurture and wanting to see a child go from uh, from one place to the next in their journey. So okay. there are many ways to do that. I think you just have to be open uh, to do that and right. not so fixated on it's got to be just this way. Right, right. And again, thank you. Thank you for sharing parts of your personal story. We really appreciate that. So we've been listening to Miss Stephanie Hughes, licensed marriage family therapist, talk to us about infertility. Miss Hughes, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on my website, www.stephaniehughes.com. Stephanie is spelled S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E. Hughes is H-U-G-H-E-S. You can also reach me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Steffi Sales, S-T-E-F-I-E-S-A-I-L-S. And, uh, yeah, that's how you can reach what's me. Your, what's your phone number for the Do you have a phone number for your office? or Phone number for the office is 470-601-2082. And where are you located? I am located in the lovely, lovely south end of the perimeter of Atlanta <laughs> in Stockbridge, Georgia. All right. All right. All right. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Ms. Hughes. Thank you very much. All right. As always, I hope the listening audience has learned something. I hope we helped someone. And as always, you guys have a fantastic day and a happy and healthy week. Yes. Happy This has been the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell. Join us weekly and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We look forward to growing with you.